Welcome to Tice Talks, where we talk all things faith and family. Today, our subject is training toddlers. This is a very, very important topic, and I'm so glad that we're going to talk about it because I get asked questions all the time, and I see frustrated parents sitting next to their kids at tables or in church and not knowing what to do. Yeah, and they really want to like their kid, but they don't. (laughs) My my mother used to say to me, David, I love you, but I don't like you. (laughs) Because she didn't know exactly how to discipline. (laughs) Right, and there is biblical ways, biblical training that we have found in scripture that you can implement. Um, I get asked like you, I get asked all the time by young moms. Um, Just this past week, I got sent a message and said, what do you think about this? And it was some TikTok about gentle parenting. And my first response to her, to um, this young lady in our church, who is a wonderful lady, I said, look, The world has different definitions than what we have. There's biblical definitions of things, and then there's secular definitions of things. So gentle parenting to them might be let your child have a meltdown and scream in wherever. If you're at Target, let them kick and scream and throw a fit, even though they're five or six. That's gentle parenting. Well, biblical parenting would look at that and say, you are totally neglecting your child. You're not being gentle at all with your child. You're training them to be somebody who throws a fit for something that when they don't get what they want. So I said, one thing you have to do when you're doing gentle parenting, I said, gentle parenting biblically has discipline and discipline gently is done without anger. And she said, how do you how do you discipline? And she, she, I loved her questions. She said, how do you discipline without anger after you've told them to do something a thousand times and they're still not doing it? And I said, that is exactly, that's that. This is where I said, your questions are perfect. And I told her, you come, we were messaging back and forth. I said, come on Wednesday and I will discuss all of this with you. And we thought, hey, let's do a, Tice talks about this because it's very important to talk it out. How does the Bible, how did God lay out this is how it works for gentle discipline, biblical discipline, biblical parenting, and specifically toddlers? And we're going to discuss that. How do we set it up so that I'm not saying, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop, and then I go in and spank them in anger, which is totally sinful and against God. And the Bible says, and it's old English, the rod of your anger shall fail. Meaning you go and spank your kid and you're angry, you're being a failure to your child, failure to you, failure to the kingdom. It is one big failure if you go in and you spank and you you discipline your child in anger because that's not what biblical discipline is. That is not gentle parenting in the biblical definition. People misquote scripture and say, he that spares the rod spoils the child. Bible never says that. Here's what the Bible does say. The Bible says, he that spareth the rod hateth 
yeah. his child. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that mean? Well, that means that... And again, all of this is old English words. It sounds yeah. like we're not taking rods and beating our child <laughs> with them, okay? And this would have been known... Um, explain what the switch was. Actually, like a switch... A, 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 uh, a, the rod was talking about a, a branch or a switch off of a tree. When some of us were younger, you would hear that you go get that switch off the tree. My dad was a uh, was in the carnivals uh, when he when I before I was born. Uh, my dad used to travel in Pennsylvania doing carnivals and he was a balloon man and he and he guessed weights and that's what he did in the carnivals. So uh, he had a whole box of uh, balloon sticks which are about they're less than a quarter of an inch thick and they make a horrible sounding noise when they're when when you when you swish them through the air you just a ving type of sound um and it what they did my dad would say to me david go get a balloon stick and i knew i was going to get it what that meant was he was going to use that We're on not my going to the carnival <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going, but there was going to be a lot of activity. Right. <laughs> and he would say, "Bend over, and and properly, uh, sting my bottom with that with that with that uh, with that switch." The idea of the rod in the Bible is not a big branch or a big limb. It's a it's a switch off of a of a tree that's used to sting, not permanently damage. Uh, the child. And I love too when they use the rod as when it's talking about um, shepherding. The the shepherd would gently take that rod and yes. guide and say, "Nope, nope, don't go there." Thy don't rod go there. and thy staff and they the sta- comfort the staff. me. That yes. is, they give me direction. I love I love the analogies that God uses the pictures, like when we look through it and understand what the pictures were. So training toddlers, let's just start from the beginning. Um, You said something that said we need to actually earn the right to discipline our children. I love that. Explain that a little bit to me. Well, we need to understand God gives us the perfect picture of discipline. Um, He had a son. His name was Adam. Um, uh, in Luke, the Bible says, who was the son of Adam, who was the son of God. So yet Adam was, um, uh, is referred to in the scriptures as a son of God. Uh, God, God uh, created Adam in his image and in his likeness and placed him in the garden, placed Eve in the garden with him, g- provided him a beautiful place, provided him with everything he would need to flourish. He was there uh, in, if you would, air-conditioned comfort. Uh, uh, he had responsibilities to tend the garden that were given to him. He had a set of expectations that were given to him, and yet at the same time with those expectations were giving him everything that he needed. All of his needs were taken care of. The idea is this, that we as parents need to provide that home. We need to provide that place of security. We need to provide that place of warmth where a child feels like this home is where I want to be. This is, this, is my, mm-hmm. this is my place. This is where I'm secure. This is where I'm happy. And as parents, we're to provide that for our children following the example of the Lord. We earn, by being the kind of parents we're supposed to be, we earn the right then to discipline them 
properly when they're not doing that, which is right. I also like to make a distinction between discipline and punishment. Mm -hmm. Punishment says it's like retribution for something. You've done something wrong to me. Now I'm going to do something wrong to you. The idea of discipline is this. I want, I love you, and I want to shape your life to become socially acceptable so that you can be successful in life. And when I see you doing something that is bad for you and for your life, I want to remove that from your life and help you to do that which is right. So discipline has is has the whole, um, the the is the idea of not retribution. Discipline is the idea of guidance and direction for one's life, and it's, and it's not always out of love. The bad thing out of their life. It's them learning to be guided away from the bad thing because the bad things are always going to be there. Yes, that's just right. There, that is going to be just like when we say. We're not gonna we're not gonna remove the stove out of our house because we have a toddler that can reach up and touch fire. No, we're going to train them that that can be a bad thing, even though it's a great thing and we all want one in our home. Yeah. That can be a bad thing, and you need to avoid this bad thing. And this is how so we have to train you. So it's not that we have to get rid of everything in our home that could be potentially bad for a child. We yeah, we, I, I, I use this as an illustration. Um, Joshua was highly allergic to sugar and to milk, and therefore mm-hmm. he couldn't have sugar and he couldn't have milk, which means he couldn't have ice cream. Right. But I tell people all the time, we kept ice cream in the house because we weren't going to, he was going to be in a world that was Two reasons. Number one, he was going to be in a world where ice cream was offered all the time. Right. Uh, and second reason was because I like ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and being self-centered, I'm having yes. ice cream in my house. Right. So uh, anyway, the but, but the, that I, with the training process, that's now now if your kid is allergic to nuts and they're not going to breathe after you give them nuts, yes. don't get the nuts out of your house. Okay, yes. jo- Josh would get very sick, and it is something he could have potentially died from from overdoses from stuff stuff like that. But he could if he tasted it. He would get stomach aches, yep. and you would know. Yep. So it wasn't he wasn't going to have instant death with <laughs> with touching the ice cream. There are some things I know that allergies have just really blown up in the last you know ten or so years. So I came downstairs one day with, um, and you'll remember this. I came downstairs. I went into the kitchen. I went to the middle of our kitchen floor, and there in the middle of the kitchen floor. I was always the first one up, was a half a gallon of ice cream <laughs> sitting there with a spoon inside, and the ice cream had melted out all over the floor, and it was just there, the lids on the floor, the ice cream things on the floor. <laughs> I said, I called up, I said, Matt, Josh, Charity, come down here, and they all come down. It's early in the morning. And they're standing around. I'm in, in the kitchen. They got three kids standing like in a half moon shape around this uh, half a gallon of ice cream that's on the floor. And I said to, I said, okay, I need to know which of you guys did this. And I said to Matthew, did you do this? He said, no, I didn't do it. And Charity said, no, I didn't do it. And I looked at Joshua and he's holding his stomach. And he, I said, Joshua, did you do this? Yes, he said. I said, why did you do that, Joshua? 
you knew that was going to make you sick, and you know now I have to spank you. He said, I know. I said, well, why did you do this? He said, well, he said, I thought about the ice cream, and I thought about the spanking, and then I thought about the ice cream, and then I thought about the spanking, and I thought about the ice cream, and I thought about the spanking, said it three times. And then he said, and then I thought, it's worth it. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'll take both. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take two, please. <laughs> two scoops. Anyway, sad story. Yes. But, but uh, now but, he eats ice cream all the time. That's right. <laughs> Actually, he prevents a lot of things now that he's an adult. He doesn't like the feelings of certain things yes, that yeah. he's, he's yeah. learned. So um, providing a place that is a comforting place that they call home. Making that, hey, you, that earns the right to discipline. That's right. Being yeah. the loving parent, not a tyrant. Being somebody who genuinely provides all for all their needs, bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, doing those things. Yeah, I, I tell people, I've said this for years, uh, I learned this from uh, when, when I was in school, that there are four type, four different types of parents. There is the There is the permissive parent, he is very high on love, affection, very low on discipline. There is the uh, there is the neg- neglectful parent, who is uh, low on discipline and low on affection. He's just neglect. They're neglectful. They just don't care. Then there's the authoritarian parent, very high on discipline, and uh, very low on love. And then there's the authoritative parent, which is, which balances love with discipline. And he, because he loves and because she loves, then they have earned the right to discipline because they're doing what they're doing out of of love. love. That's beautiful. Well, when we have that all set up, we have earned the right to discipline. Let's give some practical ways what? How does this look? How do we start the instruction? What is the first thing there? Well, I think the greatest greatest thing we need to do is go to the Word of God, and in the Word of God, you actually have God disciplining uh, Adam and Eve, hmm. and so you get a really good uh, picture of steps that we should take when it comes to discipline. The first thing that God did was again He provided a beautiful home for them. Second thing is he gave them instruction. Mm. You have to have instruction. Uh, children don't know what is right and what is wrong. A child misbehaves and a, and a father knocks him off the, you know, uh, push, spanks him or yells at him. For he doesn't know how to behave. He doesn't know that he wasn't supposed to behave. When we would, when we would go to visit with with you kids in the car, we would say specifically. Uh, okay, now when we get to this poem, uh, this is what you're going to do. These are the expectations. Yes, and we would That's, give yeah. the expectations. So you give instructions. You're not going to run. Right. You're not going to. You're not going to jump in. You're not going to ask for things. You're not going to speak unless you're spoken to. All of those things were instruction that were given. So that, and we would say at times when when you did something wrong, we would say. We're not going to allow that to happen because that's not socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so we would give you those instructions. Secondly, then we would give you a warning. Right. And say, if 
there is, if you do this certain thing, then this is going to happen. I love that you say this is a warning because warnings in uh, my my age bracket to people means that, oh, you disobeyed already. Now you're getting a warning. Don't do it again. No, it's look, when here is the instruction. If you do this one time, this is your warning right now. I am warning you ahead of time. If this happens, this is the consequence for what happens. And that's exactly what God did. God said, Adam, here's this beautiful place. Here's not, your here's house. Here's this chance. Now there's another chance. Here's, there's another chance. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. right. He just said, you're here in the garden. Take care of the garden. And you can have anything. He said, you can have anything in the garden except one tree. And he said, if you eat of that tree, the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. So it was just here it is, and here's the warning, um, and so and so we need to do that. So we give instruction, and we give them warning with instruction. There's a passage that talks about chastening them b times, and b times means early, early on, right? That's exactly. Um, right. I I love that because it's talking about hey, start when they're young, start chastening them, training them, and correcting them when they're young, disciplining them. But I've also while while training, that verse has come to my mind when I have said, didn't I tell you not to do this? And then I let them go at it again. And I've thought, no, early in the dis- in the disobedience yes. is oh. when I need to. My son, even though I even though my child might be 10, if they're they're in the middle, hey, don't do that, then they do it. No, early on in the disobedience, instead of three times down the road, stop it. Didn't I tell you to stop that? Didn't I? Oh, that's one of the most just, that's an annoying thing to me. When I watch it, I think, I remember watching somebody at 17, somebody doing this with their children. And I'm like, everyone in the room is annoyed by you right now. Just take the child. You've told them 18 times that they're going to get punished. <laughs> they're going to get disciplined. Do something about it. <laughs> Just do something. Remove the child. The Bible says provoke not your children to wrath. And one way you can provoke your children to wrath is very simply by saying the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. That's just nagging. Right. Instead of just taking action. So so early on saying, hey, hey, mom said, I told you to come down and switch out the laundry. And then I told you to go finish your um, spelling class. And you didn't do it. And taking care of it right then instead of, instead of what were you doing instead? Oh, you got on the video games and you were playing that instead. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do totally understand there's grace. We, we give grace. But that when a child understands what has what they've done wrong? Chastening them b times, getting that chastening done early on, even in that disobedience, corrects so much. Because I personally have done it, where it's like, okay, don't do it again. Come on, I don't have time for this. Yes. And then you know what? I don't have time for it later. That's even exactly more right. so. So I need to fix the problem when it happens the first time early on. 
and then we don't have to deal with it. That's exactly later right. Later on, if you deal with it the right when the it first happens time. properly, and then I'm not angered and in. Oh, I, I didn't. I tell you this three times, and that emotion. I'm not all emotionally involved. It's hey, you did this. You did it wrong. What do I have to do? They know. Yeah. They know immediately. Well, if you've given them the instruction, if you give them the warning, they know. Yeah. Then you can come like 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 God did. You can come and ask questions. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that the um so I've told them and then I give them a warning. Then you then you ask questions. I think here's something that I, I think too is important is sometimes clarification's important. Right. Um and here's from from again the garden, the Bible says that when when the Satan came to Eve, Satan said, "Hadn't God said that you can eat of any tree of you of you want?" And Eve said, "Oh, we can eat of any any tree in the garden we want, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we can't eat. We can't even touch it, hmm. eat it, or touch it, or we'll surely die." Well. She got that mixed up, and I don't know how she got it mixed up. It might have been Adam saying, "Okay, I got to tell her, I don't even touch the thing." Um, I don't know where she got it, but but in her mind, she, she was thinking, "I'm not allowed mm-hmm. to touch it." So Satan could deceive her, and I I take from that that maybe sometimes our kids need clarification. Right. I I can remember a time, and this is an extreme case. I can remember a time I told Matthew, "Look, you." Uh, I want you to take the garbage can, take the garbage out. So Matthew went, got the garbage in the kitchen, and took it and put it out front out the front door. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "You t- told me to take it out." I said, "No, Matt. What I want you to do is I want you to take it outside. I want you to take it to the garbage can." Then the next day, I went. And I looked at the garbage can. It's sitting right next to the garbage can. I asked him about it. He said, "Well, the garbage can was full." So the next time, I said, "Okay." Here, Matthew, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. I want you to go to the kitchen. I want you to get the garbage. I want you to tie it up. I want you to take it to the garbage can. If it's full, I want you to take your foot and stuff down the garbage can. I want you to take it and put it in the garbage can. Then I want you to take the lid, and I want you to put the lid on top of the garbage can, and I want that to be the way it's done. You understand that? Yes, Dad. So he did it. And that clarification, because he had obeyed the days before. Yeah. So it wasn't disobedience. There wasn't rebellion. It was this is exactly how I want it. Yeah. Done. And we're all that way. So we do it. get to do as little as we possibly can right. to just get the job done. Well, so then for the next three, four times that I told him, I'd say, okay, Matthew, what I want you to do is go into the kitchen. And I'd do the go through the same routine. He said, Dad, I got it. I got it. <laughs> So now that's an extreme case, but but, but there are but, clarification but, but, yeah. is really important. You don't want to just jump on disciplining when there hasn't actually been disobedience. Yeah, yeah and they may have thought, "Hey, I did what I this was supposed to do." This is what I was supposed I, to do. I, you know, and uh, right. so, so so if you tell the kids to go water, you know, water the animals, and they go and they spray the animals down. Yes, they, do you remember they, when Nobby did that? that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we had a, we have a wonderful missionary friend who who was who was like a son yeah. you'd come and spend time with us he's but he, from fiji and they don't apparently have bunnies in 
Fiji. First rabbit. time, first time he saw a baby bunny, he was scared. To oh, death. I brought it in, and he said, "What is that?" <laughs> and he was freaked out. His eyes were huge, and I said, "It's a bunny rabbit." You know, I'm like, you know what Bugs Bunny is? He's like, does not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> then he was babysitting our house. He stayed at our house. He lived with us um, during the college breaks, and he did. He we we told him to water the the, the bunnies, and so he sprayed them down with water because that's how he thought. Uh, what he meant was water to my sprays. But clarification. Yeah. that's that's just key, and especially kids, they're blank slate, so they don't know. Right. You have to teach them the details. It's amazing. I love when my six-year-old will ask questions because they're such a blank slate. Just last week, um, I teach history to um, my to Faith's my sister's children. She t- she teaches music to my kids, and I teach history to their kids. And the the almost six-year-old, I said, now this happened almost. 1500 years before Jesus was even born. And Stella said, is that before there was color? And I said, what? She said, is that, is that before there was any color? Well, they have recently been watching old episodes of Dick Van Dyke show. So in her mind, she thinks there wasn't color in the old times, <laughs> the old times. before Jesus was born. But they have a blank slate. That's so exactly they don't right. they, they she mean. if I told her yes before there was color, she would believe that. So she needs that they all need those detailed instructions, especially when they're little like that. That when they're little and they need to know this is how we wash dishes. I have two great dishwashers now, but two little ones. It takes some time. No, this is how we have to scrub everything. All the food must come off before yeah. it, and it's just the details of doing it. So clarification. So we've got so we've got instruction, warning, clarification, and then follow through. Thank you for joining us for part one of training toddlers. Be sure to join in two weeks from now for part two of training toddlers. This is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.